Welcome in to the Lions Den. I'm Tom Hackett, alongside Spencer the Gov Warn. What a lovely fade there, Tom. Thank you. Well done. Thank you. I'm uh, I'm on the ones and twos today as uh, big uh, T-Rex, Trevor <laughs> Allen, Goggles, T-Bone, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> yeah, that's how he eats. <laughs> Mr. Trev. He's, uh, I think our levels are a little loud, so I apologize. He's on, uh, he's off, I guess, today. So Fair enough. Good for him. But uh, Spencer the Gov one to my right, that's who uh, you hear with the English accent. Follow him on Twitter at Spenno underscore 77, we got a good show for you guys lined up, obviously, recap of LAFC, uh, the 2-0 loss, uh, which was the first loss in, I think, six or so games for RSL when it comes to Major League Soccer, the Rocky Mountain Cup this upcoming week, we'll continue to talk about Freddy Juarez as the interim manager, and uh, what else are we going to do uh, today? Oh, well, a lot of RSL conversation, obviously, because that's what this is all about. They're still look, they're still in the fourth spot in the West, and we'll dive into kind of look the ten games left and what it all means. And uh, I think it'll be a fun one. But first of all, Gov, yes, you were at the game. What what did you make of LAFC? Were they as good as advertised? Now that you've seen them play live, yes, absolutely. Um, I thought RSL did a really good job, and we can get to that. Um, but the way they moved the ball, the the formation, that front three are an absolute nightmare. And it took Nick Romando and the entire back line, absolutely everything they had, uh, to keep them at bay for, for as long as they did. I mean, I thought uh, Nader Monoluha was, you know, absolutely fantastic. You know, man of the match for me. Amount of blocks that he got in. Aaron Herrera had a really good game. Um, uh, until he got his red card, not a lot that he could do about that. Carswellers around the other side of you. What are you going to do? See, I, 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 I think you, uh, you don't foul him. You just let him score. Yeah, because you're mm. up, you're up a, a man at that point, and you foul him. It's a red card every day of the week. Last mm-hmm. man in the box, one on one with the keeper. So, and then you award a penalty, you get, you know, LAFC a penalty, which they're probably going to score from. They did. So all of a sudden you're down 1-0 and you're now tied with 10 men. I think you just let them score. Yeah, can do. But, you know, his job is to keep clean sheets. And uh, he made that that judgment. Um, I say that, of course, that moment happens so fast, you know, like that is a split second decision mm -hmm. and instinct is always going to take over. And as a defender, you know, you don't blame him, do you, for for making the challenge because he's obviously hoping and anticipating that the challenge goes according to plan. But uh, it was it was really never going to uh, Carlos Vela too classy. But carry on, Gov. Sorry, I'm rudely intruding here. Yeah, no, I've completely lost my train of thought. So uh, let's move on to the next part. <laughs> no, I they just, were I just, as good I just, as I, they really are, and they're they're streets ahead. What they scored sixty seven goals now after this game, still only conceded the twenty five. Um, to me, and and it might be obvious, but to me, this this is a better team than Atlanta were last season, and Atlanta were the best I'd seen in Major League Soccer. And for LAFC and Bob Bradley, and for for all the stuff uh, for the players they brought on to brought in to keep these guys happy as well. Um, just different level, absolutely different level. And if they don't win Supporters Shield, then something must have happened. Like the entire starting eleven um, is injured. And if they don't win MLS Cup, then 
it's it's a freak of nature why well, they, they haven't done the double. They need to change the system. If they don't win MLS Cup, I think Major League Soccer and Don Garber need to change the system. And and I wouldn't know what they changed it to, but well, I'd love I'd love you know eventually you know to have you know pro uh, promotion relegation. Right. Uh, with that being said, welcome into the league, uh, St. Louis. Just uh, just announced today with, yeah. as the, uh, the the new club. What's that? About forty three clubs in in across the United States. So you know, I, obviously, it's I the way that Major League Soccer are, are going about things and Don Garber are going about things. That I, I don't know if I'll ever see uh, promotion relegation in my lifetime in the United States, um, just because of the amount of teams and who wants to buy a team that if you finish in the bottom half of the table, eventually would go down to Division Two after spending. $200 million to have a franchise, then on top of that, buying a stadium or building a stadium, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure we'll ever see it. Regardless, I, um, I, I, I go, and going back to LAFC, I do think that uh, the biggest change for me uh, from, from what we saw last year to this year, because it, when you look at it, you know, from an attacking standpoint, the key pieces are still there, Carlos Vela being the main Peace, Latif Blessing, Diego mm-hmm. Rossi. I mean, they they were all there last year, but it's it's the defending, um, and it's not even necessarily the back four and uh, and goalkeeper Tyler Miller that impressed me the most. But the ability to defend as a team is really what stood out to me over the weekend. That press uh, that they were able to put on RSL was really impressive. Um, if you watch, if you watch the game, you would you would have noticed that RSL had a really hard time generating space in their attacking third. Um, there was very little movement in comparison to what we've seen over the past few weeks. Um, you lost a little bit of speed there, you know, with with Dimitrilik being up front, and no disrespect to him whatsoever, absolutely none whatsoever. But when you have a player like um, young Samuel Johnson. Who, if you haven't seen his gold Camaro with the Lamborghini, Lamborghini doors on his Instagram story, you need to get on there right now. I love him; he's brilliant. Um, but when you don't have anybody to stretch the back line, then uh, as your point man, then then I think you run into to trouble. Um, and we can talk about the game. We should probably get that to to that now. Obviously, when we went down to ten, they went down to ten men. We tried. We pushed too too hard. And I think Freddie Juarez um, alluded to that on his um, post game interview that we we went a little bit gung ho, and, and that that wasn't the 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 way to go about it. We had to be a little bit more patient um, because we came into that second half a little bit uh, to, for me. Uh, Possession-wise, uh, RSL finished with uh, almost 56% possession. Um, uh, you know, outshot, obviously, uh, but there was there was some opportunities there for uh, for Real Salt Lake, and we just needed to be a little bit more patient. But again, at the same time, oh man, they, they are absolutely phenomenal to watch uh, from front to back. And I'll put put this down to it as well: is I've always been a little wary of their their three man midfield. Um, Maybe not stopping enough, um, you know, goals going in, enough protection for their back four that they have, which is very good as well. But this season, uh, Edward Atuesta, uh, the Colombian, uh, 10 assists on the season, but there's the deepest lying midfielder in that three, uh, offers great protection as well. I just, I just think that this, uh, 
as I said beforehand, it's the best team that Major League Soccer has ever seen. And I don't think it's all that close, to be honest with you. Probably Atlanta United last year with Almiron and Martinez is in second place. But uh, no, this team's something else. And uh, just look at the numbers. As what uh, Spenno alluded to earlier, 67 goals scored, just 25 conceded. I mean, so not only do they do a sensational job scoring, um, they don't concede either. So they're an incredibly difficult team to come up against. And uh, just when you thought RSL were going to pinch at least a point after Walker Zimmerman received his second yellow card for fouling Everton Louise early in the second half, they, uh, you know, you blink as an RSL fan or player and uh, you're down 1-0 and all of a sudden the uh, the game is is all tied when it comes to players on the pitch with 10 apiece. So Carlos Vela does that to, to teams. I, I also think Diamande, the striker, was really, really good throughout mm-hmm. the course of the game. He was attacking... Uh, both Marcelo Silva and Nader Monoha with speed and uh, causing them to make some irrational decisions, poke their feet out, in which he was able to uh, quickly elude. And so, uh, you know, he's 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 a talent. They had that young kid. Is it was it Ramirez last year? Uh, Christian Ramirez, who who does um, he play for now? He plays uh, for went down to Houston. Houston, that's yeah. Right. Came over from Minnesota, stayed for a, a season and a bit, and well. Yeah, just over half a season, and uh, he was very good for LAFC when he played for him. I thought um, I liked him. I wanted him at Real Salt Lake uh, before um, Minnesota United went to uh, came up into Major League Soccer. He was, you know, he played for them in the USL and killed it, and killed it for Minnesota in the MLS. And it just wasn't the right move for him to, to LAFC. I expect him to to get his career back on track. Um, down in Houston, and to say that it didn't work out in LAFC, I just think that Diamande is a slightly better player. Yes, I would agree with that. So anyway, we move on uh, two 0 the final score. I guess um, something we ought to talk about that's that's impressive to say the least was uh, there was footage that one of our good friends took actually, Speno Mitch Rodriguez, uh, the Flying Dutchman. He uh, he travelled over to section number thirty five, or, or just mm-hmm. by the entrance before the game, where uh, LAFC and their mm-hmm. and their fan base were going up against uh, some RSL's fan base um, supporter groups. I guess is is what I'm trying to say here, mm-hmm. um, and just some some really fun raw organic footage was shot from Mitch's phone, where uh, LAFC. And their away crowd that they brought to Rio Tinto Stadium. Just remarkable. And uh, speaking of people after the game that have been at Bank of California Stadium, I unfortunately have not been one of those people, but uh, they they are jumping up and down all game long. The entire stadium is in unison. Uh, They are loud. They are obnoxious. uh, But they they are just uh, love LAFC. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it, it reminds you of kind of top flight European football right the cop and uh yeah Real i mean Madrid and barcelona those fans are crazy they've, they've they've you know created a really good culture and and if you saw the la derby the el Clásico, i think they call it or whatever they call it trying to make it something that's not but you know organic i think they had like five six hundred fans inside of um dignity health park uh when they were away to to the galaxy 
just a great uh, traveling crowd, and it's a great rivalry. Uh, it doesn't need a name. It will just become something that it is. Don't force it, Major League Soccer. Um, and I expect something similar this weekend, to be honest with you, as we start to preview um, Colorado Rapids, who have been terrible, better than under Anthony Hudson with uh, Connor Casey, deep and tasty, um, now in, in, in the role there. Um, I think that they'll 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 travel, you know, a fair amount of people like like we do when we uh, RSL go over to to Colorado as well. But, but there's some there's something missing from an RSL standpoint with regards to supporter groups, and I and I, I do want to tread lightly here because there's the, some bloody good fans they, they just need are. to get on the same hymn sheet so to speak yes I, if you look over towards the south end zone down at Rio Tinto Stadium you will, you will see at least three different supporter groups at any given time mm-hmm. and I'm not all that familiar with their names so I apologise but uh, there's a very small minority now that used to be the majority dressed in all black and they have the, the black and white, and they have a flag. Um, you've got the Hispanic community mm-hmm. with the drums yep. up above. The and then I'll say the main supporter group um, again. I, I don't know what their names, so uh, that's my fault. But uh, there's three of them, and they're all singing different songs, chanting different chants. And it, I'll be honest, it it doesn't work at all. It doesn't work at all. Um, and it's really Hard to watch, if I'm being quite honest with you. I think it's, uh, and the, the, this is the fan in me coming out. Of course, you want your stadium to be to be fun and entertaining. You want the fans to be involved, and so what they're doing is certainly uh, being involved in the game. It's just there's no unison behind it, and it doesn't doesn't sound good. Doesn't make any sense. Then, of course, you've got the guys in section 35 who stand for the majority of the game, and they occasionally get into some chanting, but outside of that, I, I just think, and we've talked about it, I, I guess, a bit on this podcast in the past. It's, mm-hmm. It was something Mike Petke was trying to tr- trying to fix. Uh, obviously, Mike no longer with the club, so we'll see what direction uh, go uh, it goes in here on out. But I think what LAFC and their, their supporting group brought over the weekend was a wake-up call to, to RSL and the fan base because... yeah. They were loud. Um, in fact, they were probably louder than the supporter groups RSL had uh, and certainly made RSL supporter groups louder because of the, the energy. and um, so, RSL fans certainly responded to that, uh, uh, Tom, absolutely. I, I, just, I, I think you spot on. I'd love for it to be, um, you know, as one, you know. That, that, that would be absolutely fantastic for the stadium because when it gets loud at uh, Rio Tinto Stadium, when you beat the big boys, um, and I always go back to Champions League football. You loved here. Champions League. I was never, yeah. I never got to experience it, unfortunately. But, I mean, Cruzers all, Monterey, anybody that came in here, um, the noise was absolutely phenomenal from the RSA, and it was because they were reacting to um the the away supporters you know they absolutely brought it and you knew uh, those those teams that were on the field knew they were in a battle because it was so loud and and we talk a lot about the the atmosphere i mean first of all you've got to start having consistent sellouts um but i think that uh, what uh, lafc did at the weekend with their fans that that came out tip of the cap and uh, i thought the rsl fans reacted to it I just want it to be a little bit more harmonious between the groups, and uh, 
I think you can make it an absolutely uh, a massive fortress. Uh, you know, obviously we're going down to our third defeat of the season um, at Rio Tinto Stadium. Not acceptable in those terms, but um, you know, we we you have to tip your cap to to the men in, in black, or I guess that were in all white on the Saturday night. Well, when it comes to ticket sales, I'm just curious, Benno, as to what your thoughts are on it. Is it a direct correlation to the success or lack thereof of the team that prevents people from going to the games? Because I referenced this earlier. It was like six. RSL were on a six-game unbeaten streak heading into Saturday, and it might have been seven, but it was a it was a number of games consecutively, and. You know, LAFC are coming into in town, the best the best team in the country, and nobody's really debating that. Yet you're only able to get, I think they got 18,000, or at least that's what they claimed. But if you look at that top deck on the on the east side, I mean, there weren't many fans up there at all. You know, that was, for the most part, you had LAFC over on the on the northeast side of, of, of that uh, that part of the stadium, and then the rest of it was pretty... Bland, mm-hmm. um, which doesn't make a ton of sense to me for a number of reasons. One, the team's playing a great brand of football. Two, the best team in Major League Soccer is coming into in town. So even if you're not an RSL fan and you're just a soccer fan, like that's the game you go to to watch somebody like Carlos Vela, to study the way he runs around the pitch. Diego Rossi, Latif Blessing, Diamando. I mean, all these players are so talented, but Carlos Vela is the one that that I imagine most soccer fans out there that aren't RSL fans in this state would like to watch. And then and then I, I have this thing where college football's starting, uh, not this weekend, but next. There might be a game or so, but not, nothing in the state. So, you know, there are a lot of fans that I, I imagine support BYU, Utah, Utah State, whoever it is. And when football season starts, they're going to go to football games over RSL games because... There's fewer football games to go to. The short the season's much shorter, right? So, you know, as we're as we're approaching college football starting, mm-hmm. there's a part of me that thinks if you're a season ticket holder of RSL, like that LAFC game is a must go to because you're probably not going to go back to Rio Tinto Stadium if you're a college football fan and an RSL fan. I mean, just everything aligned so that Saturday should have been a sellout, but it wasn't, mm-hmm. and it doesn't make any sense to me. No, no, you're quite right. I think pricing comes down to it as well. Um, you well, know, what are tickets going for? I mean, lower sideline. I think is anything depend. I mean, if, even if it's resale. I mean, if if you're looking at tickets, I think they're like thirty five bucks, thirty seven bucks. Then you have got your fees on top of that. Resell people reselling them themselves. I mean, anything from fifty bucks onward, upwards, which is lower sideline. I mean, you know, it's it's an expensive you know trip uh, if you've got a couple of people, you've got kids. You know, that's you know. Before you know it, you've spent 120 bucks on tickets plus food. Sure. I don't think um, it, I don't think that the results over the last few years warrant that type of t- ticket price. And it's the same thing that happens in Europe as well. Not so much in Germany. Germany's really good at getting very good sponsorship and lowering ticket prices and season ticket packages. In England, it's Ridiculous pricing, but again, there's protests there. But I mean, I don't think that they still sell out, though. Well, that's because it's an absolute institution, right? Premier League. If if you haven't, if you um, don't sell to someone, then somebody else is going to be waiting in the wings. I mean, it, there's not even a waiting list for Liverpool for season tickets anymore. They don't put 
a time frame. When I was back home in England, it was four years I was on the list waiting to get my own season tickets. It was four years that they gave me an approximate before I could get my own season tickets. Now they don't even do it because it's so long. People are just not giving up their season tickets. So it's, that's another conversation entirely. The demand is not there. The soccer, the brand of soccer over the last few years has not been there. The money hasn't been spent on high-profile players or the money hasn't been spread around enough. You're talking where, about RSL I'm now. talking about RSL right now, where it was spread around Carl Beckham and um, uh, Nick Romando, Javier Morales, Alvaro uh, Sabarillo, Ned Grabovoy, Will Johnson, the, all these, you know, Nat Borges, Hamas and Lavi, all these wonderful uh, players that made RSL what they were. The money was spread around. The, the team was the star. Obviously, some players earned more, and rightly so. Javier Morales was the absolute catalyst for everything good that happened in the attack for Real Salt Lake. Albert Rusnak getting paid a lot more money. Absolutely right. I, I get it. You know, he's a you know, joint top goal scorer with Sam Johnson. Um, you know, but there there is a disparity there. The results haven't been there. We're not playing regular Champions League football. It's not included in your season ticket packet. Um, Which doesn't make sense to me. We are not regular deep into the playoffs. You know what I mean? Right. We're not regularly deep into the playoffs. We did very well last year uh, in beating LAFC on the road. That was absolutely phenomenal. But we blew it at home against Sporting Kansas City. We played both quite well over both legs, but we got smashed over in uh, over in the cauldron in whatever it's called now, Mercy Children's Mercy Children's Park. Mercy Park. Um, so yeah. The, I think there needs to be more from sponsorship that takes the onus off of fans to pay out so much money, shelling so much money, and you can do the math, and it happens in Germany. Germany are absolutely fantastic doing it. You look at Bayern, Bayern Munich, an absolute institution of German football, and you look and you compare the cost of their season tickets in the Bundesliga, regularly deep into the Champions League, regular champions of, of uh, Germany. And it, it it's it's minuscule compared to England or Spain. It's fascinating. I think, and something that came to me while you were talking about all that ranting. Was, sorry, no, that's fine. I, I enjoy a good rant from you, Spencer. But um, like RSL don't have anybody there right now, and we've had this conversation off the the microphone that really like gets out into the community and like Javier Morales. Loved doing that stuff. Nate Nate Borchers loved himself a bit of Nate Borchers, you know. Like he and he was funny and he was charismatic and he had he had a sense of of humour and he felt comfortable. He looked comfortable when he was away from the pitch. But there's nobody right now that really even screams close to the level of what some of the former players. Carl Beckerman in his prime was 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 good. It was still new. They were still trying to fill stadiums up, you know, after the terrible first few seasons of Real Salt Lake's existence. You know, even the first season of Jason Christ or, you know, partial season of Jason Christ was horrendous. I mean, we still up at Rice Eccles Stadium, so it looks terrible. It's a plastic pitch. The, the, the brand of football was just dogmark. And it wasn't until Rio Tinto Stadium opened up and um, Jason Christ had, had kind of got his style uh, and some of the players that he wanted, that the excitement was there. And you see the buzz from it, the buzz for them opening up that stadium, Real Salt, Real Salt Lake and, and Jason Christ and getting some of the players in. You're seeing it over in Minnesota right now. Horrendous playing at that college stadium. 
terrible, terrible coach. But they moved into Allianz Field, I think it's called, or Arena, I think it's Field. Um, and the results went boom. And the buzz of that town in Minnesota went through the roof. And right now they, they're doing really, really well. Um, Second still. A lot better than, than I can imagine. I keep expecting the drop-off because Adrian Heath is a terrible coach. I just can't stand him. I know. I say it every week. Can't be week. that terrible if they're second. I know, right? What you a, can't stand. I know. Yeah, it's just that I can't stand. But then, why? Like, why would sponsors feel like they want to throw so much money or X amount of money, which is a lot of money, at RSL when they don't have anybody that, like you, the Utah Jazz, right now, for example, mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell is for every Utah Jazz fan their their Lord and Savior. Like, he is so good. He could do nothing for two years and still be the most beloved Utah Jazz player mm-hmm. on that team. I mean, he, he, is, he has gone out into the community. He helps people on his way to practice if they're in a car wreck. I mean, he just, he does, he's done it all, and he's marketed himself mm-hmm. so brilliantly, and it's so rare that somebody of his age gets a shoe deal from Adidas or... Or, or Nike, and he was able to get one. Yeah. Um, and and a lot of that comes down to how marketable you are, and, and he's just been so good at marketing himself that it's paid off, and the success of, of the of the Jazz has skyrocketed with it. Now, that obviously is uh, a big reason as to his playing ability, not so much what he's doing out, out in the community. But the RSL don't have anybody that goes out into the community. Like, really, they don't. Like, Albert Ruznak started the podcast, right? I guess he started the podcast with Samantha Yarrick, mm-hmm. and they're like four episodes in. And a part of the reason behind starting a podcast was to kind of like get himself out there a bit more, you know, and not be so secluded. And well, I mean, that's one way to do it. Don't get me wrong, but like get out in the community and like speak to the fans. And I think it's easier to get out into the community when you're successful. And Albert you've, is. You, mm, you've had a championship in the in the state, something that no other team in the state has been able to, um, professional team, I should say, has been able to do. That 2009 Cup run and and bringing that being pimped out around the state uh, around the state became the most recognizable team, um, more so than the Jazz. Now, jazz fans are going to be jazz fans, right? Basketball fans are going to be basketball fans. They're going to hate soccer, whatever. You know, they can like soccer as well. But the way RSL went about things, um, under Dave Checkett's uh, stewardship as well, uh, ownership, uh, to get their, their face out into the community, there was a ton that was done, a ton to ride on the back of that. And what followed with that was... You had um, another cup run. You had a final in the Champions League where you're almost the the champions of uh, North uh, and Central America. Um, you know, you just, you, it's that fine margin. I think it would have gone through the absolute roof if they'd have beat uh, Monterey at home. Um, and we're probably not having this conversation right now, Tom, uh, because they're still riding on the back of it that, uh, that, that uh, an American team did so well against all, all the odds um, of playing against, you know, these really strong Mexican teams. But um, that it wasn't built upon. When Jason Christ left, when Garth Lagaway left, um, they didn't leave it in tatters. They left it in a great state. But you went for the easy option in Jeff Kassar. No disrespect to him. Great assistant coach. 
Wasn't the man for the job. Wasn't the man for the job. And Craig Weibel has done a great job under the circumstances of being GM for Real Salt Lake and what has had to shift and having to replace these players. He's got to replace Nick Romando at the end of the season. He might have to replace Kyle Beckerman at the end of the season as well. Left with some really tough decisions, having to let Javier Morales go and the backlash that he got from fans, maybe it could have been handled better. Okay, that's that's not up for debate. Yeah, that that could have been handled better, absolutely. But he had to be replaced. He wasn't producing. Right, and look, I think you could argue the same thing with Nick Romando and Carl Beckerman this mm-hmm. season. It's it's a shame to see both those individuals go about their business in the way that they're going. If I'm being quite blunt with everybody, Nick Romando is not half the goalkeeper he was. Two years ago. Mm-hmm. And I think same with Carl Beckerman. Look, Carl Beckerman this year, and I must congratulate him because he has shown throughout this season at times, not all the time, but at times, he can play his role. And he's more than happy to sit back and and play that defensive midfield role. Let the likes of Everton Louise or Demir Krylak or whoever he's playing next to kind of flow further up the pitch, get involved in the attack while he stays back and creates... Uh, the structure, defensive structure, to stop or prohibit any counterattacks. Anyway, that is a part of our conversation that'll take place after this short message. We'll also break down the Rocky Mountain Cup and what the Colorado Rapids bring to town as they prepare for RSL. It's an 8 o'clock game at Rio Tinto Stadium. Give us 30 seconds of your time. We'll be back shortly. Righty-o, welcome back. Lion's Den. Hope you enjoyed that first 30 or so minutes. Fascinating conversation. One that could be had and that could go on for quite some time, I must admit. There's a, there's a bit going on down at the club and there are some fires that need to be put out and they'll, uh, they'll be put out hopefully over time. But uh, we promise we won't keep you for too much longer over this second segment. We do have a game this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Colorado Rapids, who currently sit in 11th in the Western Conference. The Sea Rapids. There are 12 teams. They're not doing all that great. They haven't done great for a while, though, to be honest with you. So not much has changed down there uh, in Colorado. But they do have good players, as every MLS team does nowadays. Um, And they're a better team than what they were at the start of the season. They broke the MLS record, Spenno, this season, for uh, worst start in Major League Soccer history. It's a great record to have. <laughs> I don't have the numbers in front of me, but uh, yeah, they they were uh, winless over like 16 games, I'm going to say. Something stupid. But they're a better team now. They're coming off a mm-hmm. 2-2 draw uh, away from home against Houston. Managerless Houston as well. So, But you know, you never know what to expect. Mm-hmm. When a team is going through something like what Houston's going through, Diego Rubio, uh, the center attacking midfielder slash striker, uh, scored a brace. So uh, look, they've got good players. Kai Kamara is another good player. Mm-hmm. People know about Kai. I know you're a big fan of uh, Kai Spen, or at least you were. No, I love him because he loves Chipotle. How do you know that? He always tweets about it. And and I I, I guess I didn't know you also like Chipotle. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm good with it. I just like the fact that he loves it. What do you get when you go there? What do you get? 
bit personal, isn't it? What are you talking about? You're just a bit shy? You're a bit embarrassed that you I whack like... one of those burritos every time you go? Is uh, well, I double fist, to be honest with you. Go easy. <laughs> I'm, good. I'm good with grilled chicken burrito, honestly. I prefer grilled chicken. I like the rice bowl. That chicken, whatever the, the spices they put on that chicken. They put cocaine in it. Cocaine. <laughs> it's really good, whatever it is. Really, like, really good. It really is. No, they've done very well. Chipotle. Chipotle's done very well yeah, for yeah, themselves. Yeah. For, for being a chain, they've done very well. Uh-huh. I'd agree with that. Anyway, back to Kaimamara. But Kamara. anyway, wait, 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 wait. Sorry. The two players that I really do like the most on that team, Please. if they start in central midfield, Kellen Costa and Jack Price, former Wolves, uh, Wolverhampton Wanderer man. Uh, those two in midfield. I'm a massive fan of Kellen Costa. Why massive. did he get traded? Um, from because, FC Dallas, because um, FC Dallas are a bit daft, and and that, that trade made no sense to me. Back no, when it, happened. It, it still doesn't make sense to me because I still don't think that um, they they um, and I don't know the ins and outs of the entire trade, but the fact that they they swap players and uh, he was getting it, national team minutes. Yeah, no, and and who did they get in? in it was somebody nowhere near on the level of Kellen. Yeah, it was it was the knobhead that um, oh, that did uh, Dominic Baji. Oh yes, we don't like Dominic Baji. Yeah. I call him a knobhead. That's English, right? All right, yeah, no, that's fine. I don't know how to edit because we don't have Trevor here. So whatever you say, he's going to make it on the pod. Okay, well, I'm and not if gonna you say s- something bad enough, we I'm won't be back swear, next week. Swear. I'm not going to swear, swear. But Dominic right. Baji, knobhead. I'll say it for you. Yeah, going the other way. For for Kellen Costa, yeah, I still don't get it. I really, and he was homegrown as well. You know, came know. through the academy, lived just around the corner, grew up going to FC Dallas games, loved him with everything he had, and yeah. they just get rid of him like that. Anyway, uh, I did forget about Ke- Kellen Acosta. Pardon me, he's a he's a. Star I have him. I'd still have him at uh, at RSL. Oh for, yes, of course I would as well. Put him in the centre of the park. Give him uh, along with Everton. Give him license. Uh, I could go on for a long time about Everton Louise. He was my he was my man in the match last week. Filthy, isn't he? By the way, uh congratulations to Ned Monawohai, your man of the match, you made MLS team of the week. Yeah, of course. No, no, he brilliant. I don't think it was a bad performance from the lads. I really don't. I think they just came up against a bloody good team. I think they got too excited. I'd be excited as well if you're down ten men and it's nil nil. Right. Yeah, no, I'd that's why I'm not a head coach. <laughs> but I hey, credit Freddie for admitting, by the way, that part of mm-hmm. part of that performance was certainly on him, as um, as he as he felt as though he pushed the team to score um, once they went up a man uh, too viciously, and and he took credit. So look, it's a learning lesson for not only Freddie Juarez, the interim manager, but the rest of the team. Uh, Everton Louise is a superstar. He's fearless. He's a menace. He's aggressive. He's constantly waving his arms up in the air and telling opposing players to get up, even though he's clearly fouled them. Like he's run straight through them, and he's like, you he know, doesn't care, does he? Just saying like, some up. Brazilian. Oh, there's no such thing. Portuguese. Yes. Yeah. He's definitely Portuguese. You speak. You, you speak Portuguese. Yeah, in absolutely. Brazil. You do. Right. Yeah. It's mad. Isn't that mad though? Like you're in South America and everybody speaks Spanish, but Brazil were like, nah, we're gonna do Portuguese. It's wild. I. I yeah, I often make. I think I brought this up here. I often make this the, the mistake of, uh, like, if you're from Mexico, um, like I just assumed you spoke Mexican. It sounds so stupid now, but I come from Australia, 
where you we, speak English. Yeah, but there are also like I I never knew any South America, uh, South American or Central American back home. We have a lot of Asian people back home, but we don't have many don't Hispanic you have lo- people. You have lots of uh, like Eastern Europeans as well, right? We have a lot of Eastern Europeans as well, but we don't have any Southern or Central American people down there. Huh. So I just assumed, anyway, it's probably a conversation that'll get me in trouble. But I don't mean in a bad way, but I have in the past. Been You're actually like, getting a glimpse into what me and Tom talk about off air. Right. <laughs> like, oh, I want to learn, like, I really would love to learn Mexican. What? <laughs> Sorry, I, do, I, I just I don't mean talking. It. Talking of Mexican, actually, he's Portuguese. But um, this young man that uh, I've been doing the pronunciation guide, he's the cruiser's all boss. It's a shout for Andy Munoz, the producer of the uh, RSL, RSL show. Pedro Caixinha. Um, he has been talking so very highly of Major League Soccer. He's Cruiser Zool's manager. Uh-huh. They're playing against LA Galaxy. I think it's tonight, actually, in League's Cup. Let's not, um, be careful when we bring up League's Cup touchy subject round here, right? We need to give it a new name. Uh, the cup that RSL are no longer in. Sure. The, okay. And they but won't anyway. be in for a while, I imagine. <laughs> Maybe not. Um, the cat. But he's been very... Um, very uh, complimentary about Major League Soccer that's closer to European. He's Portuguese, so... Right, we're going to call it the Cats Cup. The Carry Cats on. Cup. The Cats Cup. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, I I just like the fact that uh, the, these coaches in uh, in Mexico are, are uh, you know, very complimentary. Obviously, Mateo Samela, who is over at San Jose Earthquakes now, Argentinian, but was, playing, was uh, managing in Mexico. Um, you've got the Al Pollo, the friggin' lunatic down at Club America, who's been very complimentary about Major League Soccer. And then uh, we had um, this gentleman. Pedro Caixinha. Um, that was also very complimentary uh, about Major League Soccer. It, it, I think it's kind of cool. I like the fact that it, these coaches of high-profile clubs down in Mexico are maybe eyeing uh, Major League Soccer as another destination. And you look at the Argentinians that have done super well. Obviously, Mateo Samaria, who just mentioned, but um, I, I think that an LA Galaxy team that's still not quite firing on all cylinders and doesn't have a balance, but I think uh, Guillermo Bascalotto has done a really good job there. You'd expect them to be there or thereabouts when it comes to playoff times um, and, and when he gets, you know, uh, a bit more money to, to play around with. You know, Christian Pavon coming up from uh, Boca Juniors, which he coached, you know, he coached him and at Boca Juniors. Um, I'm just kind of excited to see uh, see who comes up, particularly at the end of the season when uh, when RSL will have to make a decision. Is it Freddie's role moving forward? Have we done well enough under Freddie to to really have an identity and, and, and he be the main man, or RSL going to spend some coin? Oh, I hope not, so. Not go for the easy choice. I hope, I hope they spend. Um, and and spend some proper money. I don't think Freddie Juarez is an easy choice. I'm referring to Jeff Casar as an easy choice. Uh, again, no disrespect. But that all depends in what uh, what Freddie does. Absolutely. Because right now, Freddie isn't... Well, Freddie's done a very good job, it's worth noting, so far. But he's, done a, he's done a good job over really difficult circumstances yes. because he's not just come in and stepped in where the manager's gone. He's come in and stepped in while his friend is suspended right. and done a really good job. Come up against some really tough teams, um, got outclassed, by LA Galaxy, uh, sorry, LAFC. He's, All gone, right. he's gone on the road and picked up some big, yep. big points. Yep. Something that, that Mike Petke had a really hard time doing. And there's been a slight tweak. 
I've Annie Williams doesn't think there's been a tweak in in the style of play. Um, Bomber. Yeah, he th- he said no. You, you're fake news. You're, you're smoking you're smoking crack. I don't think he said smoking crack. He's from but, Jamaica. Yeah, it's smoking weed. Um, I, did I? Yeah, I didn't. I did, didn't I? Yeah, I said that. Anyway, you did, and I don't know how to get rid of it. Yeah, so carry anyway, on. So carry on. Um, but I think there's been a slight stylistic change. I but think for there's Riesler. been a drastic one. I don't, I don't think it's drastic. Really? But I think there has been a slight one. It's just a little bit more on the deck for me. And I love that. I prefer that. Yeah, less long balls. Like, Aaron Herrera clearly has a right. If you see something over the top... Four, and he, four assists, and I don't think anything has been less than, than 40 yards. Right. And as of late, it's been Jefferson Zavarino who's been trying to sneak from the right wing into the centre of the park, coming mm-hmm. off the shoulder of centre-backs. But Aaron Herrera, Justin... Yeah, I couldn't say that. I could not say that name if I was dead sober or 10 beers in. <laughs> Pedro Cachina. I couldn't do it. Um, but he probably speaks Mexican, I bet. Mm. <laughs> hey, he's pro- well, Portuguese and Spanish is quite close. Yeah, you know, no. So I mean, he probably speaks both. Well. Anyway, carry on. Um, I think Justin Glad, Aaron Herrera both have the right to play the long ball, but it has been on the deck. But surely, like that, from a possession standpoint, that's clearly what RSL are trying to do. They're trying to dominate the ball, dominate the tempo of the game, and 60, 70 minutes into the contest, the opposing team should hopefully tire. Their press should should not be nearly as as, as tight, if you will. The, the gap should open up. And uh, and that's the way RSL are going to try and score, is, is as the second half continues to, to play. Uh, there, there are going to be more opportunities mm-hmm. as the game goes on. So for me, I, I didn't know what Mike Petke was trying to do at RSL. I didn't know. Like, are you trying to play counter-attacking? Are you trying to play a possession-based? Are you trying to play a combination of both? Do you want to play five defenders on the road? Are you trying to play four at home? Like, I had no idea what to expect every single game. Now with Freddie, at least me personally, I know... We are going to try and control the football. We did that, and we have done that over like the last three or four weeks. I think we've won the possession battle. And I love the way they're playing, by the way. I think it's controlled. It feels controlled as opposed to earlier in the season. It just looked and felt so loose. It almost felt like the players themselves didn't quite know what to do with the ball when they got it, which is never a good thing, obviously. No, that's that's a little bit But Bobber really thinks there hasn't been any change schematically. Let's be honest, Andrew Williams, the head scout of uh, Real Salt Lake, also likes to wind me up. So I never know when he's being serious serious with me. Sometimes I'm like, Blows my okay, mind. Now, now, I to- now, Andrew, I need you to confirm. Are you joking or are you being serious? And it's usually I'm joking. Right. But I never confirmed that. It was too late. Okay. Well, I'd be amazed. if. But then again, he sees the game. Uh, differently than I do, apparently. So anyway, we yes. move on. Um, that's why he's in his position. And I'm sitting here next to you. But uh, <laughs> Colorado, quickly, Spenner. Yeah, yeah. What? What? We're gonna smash him. Right, like that. Like, what do you mean? And how? I mean, by three or four goals. Well, why do you say that? I just think that that RSL are in a really good moment. I, I think they brush themselves off after this. So okay, that's fascinating. I do. I think they brush themselves off after this. I think you look at it and take this last game for what it is. You played the best team in Major League Soccer history. You you hung with them um, and a couple of tweaks here and there, and you might find yourself 1-0 up rather than 1-0 down and something to hold on to. 
but I think you brush yourself off. It's one game a week right now, so the guys had a couple of days off. Sunday, Sunday and Monday they were off. If you see follow Everton Louise on uh, Instagram, he was up in Bear Lake on the uh, the old jet skis, the water runners. Was he? I know they got Wednesday off. Got Wednesday off as well. Yeah. So He's looking after some uh, avid golfers oh. on the RSL team. I'm not playing with them this time. Are you just going to caddy? No, no, no. I'm just getting them out, getting them out on the links. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Anyway, um, I, I just think that that's, uh, this this team it, this team is for the taking. Um, moving forward, I think that uh, Colorado, if they do the right thing and don't go cheap and get themselves a coach, look at what happened to San Jose. Horrendous 2018. Get themselves a quality coach and don't even really give themselves many you know many options player wise. Thanks for putting that up really loud while I'm talking. It's very emotional. Just trying to shut you up. Um, but I think if Colorado do the right thing. They've already got uh, better players, in my opinion, than what San Jose had last season. But I think RSL right now, too too much for uh, Colorado. So three four goals. Three four goals are better. Yeah, yeah. I'll go. I'll go. For, I'll go four one. Four one. Yeah. Is anyone scoring a hat trick? Or is someone scoring a brace? Surely someone's scoring oh, a brace. Oh, Sam Johnson's going to get a brace if he starts. Absolutely. I was shattered to see him on the bench against LAFC. And I know it was a minute restriction and it was the smart thing to do with eight games left. I get it. But I was still, like, heartbroken to see see and hear that news. Like, just play him. How how long of this music we got left? Because we might have to start this over again. Just keep your eye on it. Right. Yeah, we got 26 seconds, but we'll just put this on loop for the rest of the show. Um, Okay, so you're on 4-1. Sonny J with a brace. Uh, I'll go... I'm going to go a shutout. Um, Four nil. No, I'm going to go three nil. Right. I like I like where your head's at, and I'm going to go uh, optimistic. Hold your horses. There oh, we go. Beautiful. It's like playing Halo. Just give it to me, will you? Sorry. Um, what? What? The music. Give oh. me the music. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Three nil. Um, and I'd love to see Sammy J score a brace. I think Albert's going to get on scorer's card too. And I actually think a defender's going to. Step up and... Marcelo, thumping header. See, okay, so here's a question for you. Who's got the hardest forehead, Nader Monomuha or Marcelo Silva? (laughs) I'm going to go with probably Marcelo. Yeah. He's Uruguayan. Yeah. You know, that's English. Sorry, Uh, sorry, I couldn't help myself. (laughs) And I really shouldn't have said that, because if Nader hears that, I might be in some strife. Um, Ned, if you're listening... It was the Australian, well, not the Englishman. So who, who's going to start at centre-back? Justin Gladstone really? rested. Uh, Justin Glad starts. He I starts, th- but who comes out? I, I think Ned comes out. Uh, not Ned. I think uh, Marcelo comes out. I agree. Justin Glad's really good. I saw some number on... Uh, Matt Doyle tweeted a number, yeah. His, his Do you remember record. what they were? Uh, no, and I can't scroll through it. He t- Go to Matt Doyle's uh, Twitter account. It's like, when he's on the pitch, they're like plus 15 better, and when he's off, they're like negative, and I'm talking goal differential, mm-hmm. negative 19. He's just... And he allows you to push higher as well. Are we going to finish? Well, I don't know if we're going to finish. Are we going to finish this podcast? How long have we been going for? Like a nine hours? <laughs> 47 minutes. That's like 46 Ooh, minutes too long. <laughs> but... 
he allows you to push higher because he's quick. Yeah. He allows to put. Yeah. But you don't even notice him. That's Whoa. the thing. You don't notice his impact all that much until he does something like chase down a striker. He might get his first goal of the season if he starts. He came very, very close a handful of weeks ago at home, and I forget who we were playing. That's the one. Hit the post, hit the woodwork like two or three times from corners and crosses. Uh, all right. Uh, catch Royals, Monarchs, and RSL on KSLSports.com, RSL.com, or the KSL TV app found wherever you download your app. Spencer, the Gov Warn. We Love you guys. Yes. Thanks for tuning in. appreciate you. Uh, again, at Spenno underscore 77 is where you can find him on the Twitter machine. My name's Tom Hackett. We'll be back next week. We're hopefully talking about an RSL victory, but only time will tell. Goodbye.